Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Great American Senior Show. I'm your gray-haired host, Sam Yates. We like to cover a variety of topics, and certainly the topic that we are covering today is a little different, but it is something that everyone should think about. And I'm going to preface that by saying you probably should think about it if you are conscious about our Earth. And I'm going to start uh, with a little quote that some of you may recall from your college days because that's probably about the last time a lot of folks cracked the uh, book and uh, were doing any type of studying but for others like myself who love poetry you might recognize this I bequeath myself to the dirt to grow from the grass I love if you want me again look for me under your boot soles you will hardly know who I am or what I mean but I shall be good health to you nonetheless, and filter and fiber your blood. Walt Whitman. And uh, a lot of people who have studied Walt Whitman know that that means Walt was looking at himself as returning to the earth. And that leads right into my guest today. And I actually have two guests. Uh, the CEO, Micah Truman of Return Home, and his services manager, Katie Houston. Katie, is it Houston or Houston? Houston. Houston. I, I have to sometimes ask because uh, having spent a good amount of time in Ohio, there's an area called Houston Woods. And uh, my former life as a television anchor, uh, that was always a, a quick question. How do you pronounce this? So, Katie and Micah, thank you for being here. Thank you. You are involved in Return Home into something that a lot of people are going to go, wow. And that is an option to return our human bodies back to the soil after we die. Give us an explanation. Sure. Um, return Home, in essence, transforms human remains into soil in a process that we call terramation in 60 days. So very simply, we are able to take a body and 60 days later, deliver clean, beautiful soil back to the family that they can use wherever they want. So that really is the heart of what we do. It probably is controversial to some people. Have you had any opposition to this? I don't think it's so much, I mean, there is opposition, of course there is, with any idea there is. But more than that, I think people have to get their heads around it. It's a very new thing. You know, we haven't really had a new disposition method for our for, for human remains in the last 50 years. So really it's more people going, gosh, that's a really interesting thing and sort of thinking about it. Our experience is that once we talk about it, it lives in someone's head rent free and they sort of think about it and, and, and constantly cogitate. It's more a consideration thing, really, than anything else. I have to share with you that uh, before saying we were going to do this program, I did query a number of people to say, what do you think of this? And some people did not want to talk about it. But there were four people out of those that I asked about this that said, what a great idea. And um, when this program streams, I know that one of those people said they were going to be contacting you and finding out some more information about it. So it uh, hit this particular person that said that as, wow, this is a green option to burials. Mm -hmm. Is that basically what we're talking about? 
Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. It uh, allows you to have your final act on Earth be one that gives back. How did you come up with the idea? Well, we didn't. Um, this needs to be a legal, I mean, the state of Washington is the first place in the world that has legalized what we call terramation, the transformation of human remains into soil. It was made legal uh, in May of 2020, and Oregon and Colorado followed suit right after that. So in the beginning, there was a legal move made by the local legislatures. And as I saw this uh, trend beginning to sweep America, we quickly realized that we needed to build a company that could serve this need. So it was not so much that as developing the science and the technology that took these last few years. Well, let's talk about the science and the technology. And, and I guess before talking about science and technology, uh, are you in the funeral business then? Yes. <laughs> I am a licensed funeral director and embalmer, uh, and we are licensed funeral homes, so can guide a family through this process from start to finish, just like um, a traditional funeral home could. And, and the reason I ask that, uh, those that know me uh, know that there was for many, many years and still uh, here on the East Coast of Florida, a Yates funeral home. And uh, that, that goes back many, many, many generations. Uh, there was always a lot of competition in the industry. Do you think getting into this segment of that industry uh, is going to stir up some competition? We hope so. Um, when I was younger, I thought opening companies with no competition was wonderful, but that usually indicates no market. Uh, if we meet significant competition, it means that we have a market that's growing and, uh, and we're really excited about that. Uh, there are already uh, three companies in the space, and we expect more to come. We are the largest of them, but we're very, very you know, excited about the fact this is a growing sector. I want to come back to, uh, to uh, the, the concept there uh, that uh, you're, you're talking about, Katie, and uh, being uh, uh, licensed in the, in the business. How does that change what people want to do? when they are making a determination that terramation is, is something for my loved one or myself? Are there changes in the, uh, the funeral process as far as ceremony, etc.? cetera? Uh, yes and no. Um, the only change really that there needs to be is that a person cannot be embalmed to go through our process. Other than that, they can have any traditional ceremony that they want. But what we're really trying to focus on is creating alternative ritual around our process and making the ritual that the family can have something that is more meaningful to them than maybe they've been been accustomed to in the past. That ritual itself um, could be something that they would, how would they go about it? Would it uh, take place in a, a funeral home? Would they come to where uh, their uh, their loved one is going to be terramated? Um, what what would happen? How would that happen? So our facility here um, is a funeral home, although it is like no funeral home you've ever seen. We have created the, the front of house, as we call it, the, the traditional funeral home area to be welcoming and inviting and bright and colorful and full of heart. 
Um, so this is where people would come for their ritual. Um, that can start with them bringing their loved one to us if they choose, uh, or we are more than equipped to do that for them. It could include um, helping us bathe their loved one. Um, we place them in the vessel with the organic material and they are welcome to place items, flowers, food, um, alcohol, as long as they take the bottle back, um, whatever they wish to place with their person and then decorate the outside of the vessel too. Um, so whatever they see fit in the space that we have, we will make it happen. All right. I want to come back to that vessel in a moment, but uh, you're located in Washington, uh, south of Seattle from uh, what we were chatting about prior to the program. Is that, uh, does that mean that you're only serving uh, the the Washington area or how how far an area are you serving at the current time? It's been really interesting. Originally, we thought we would be quite localized, but we find demand is across the country. Uh, we've had uh, families from California, Oregon, Colorado, and Missouri uh, come to us and uh, and we've helped them. So really, because we are the only major large facility in, in, in the world, we find that it's a more, it's a, it's a wider geography than we'd originally understood. What is capacity? I mean, that, I mean, that probably sounds a little, uh, you know, very much to the, to the, uh, bottom line, but when you're the largest facility of its kind, what does that mean as far as the capacity to, uh, take people and turn them into dirt? Yep. We can help 74 families a month. So we have 74 vessels in our facility. And uh, yep, that's about a little over 800 a year we can do, we can terramate. So it's a, it's a fairly significant uh, capacity that we have. Okay. When you say <clears throat> that you're going to, to terramate, turn them into soil, walk us through that process. Uh, someone passes, how long do they have to get them into your facility to begin the process? Before we touch on that, I just think it's for a moment really important to understand why a family wants to do it, because I think it's easy for us to be pinned down into the science and the technology. Yep. And, and while that's very, very important, it is but, you know, something that we do to to allow us to, to, to help these families. But I think the most important thing is, as Katie had said earlier, this is our last statement in our life. This is the last thing that we do. And the reason that families choose us is because they want to make sure for their loved one, or sometimes the person themselves says, I want this. I want this to make sure that I can give back to the earth, that my last statement that I ever make is to give back to the earth. And that really is what drives it. And I think what makes it so interesting is that often we get calls from the person who, who's dying, maybe, or from their families. And they say, we are so excited about doing this. We're incredibly excited that we get to take part in this process. And something that, that Katie and Bree, our, our services director, talk about, no one ever calls and says, you know, I'm incredibly excited that I'm going to be cremated. That's just a point of real joy for me, said nobody ever. Um, but I think in our case, it's a really motivating thing. And that's actually what drives our business and, and keeps us going. The science, of course, and the technology, I'm delighted to discuss, but but really that's the heart of why we exist and the value that we offer. We'll get into that science and technology because I'm just a, sure. a nerdy type of guy and I you know, want to know those things. Mm -hmm. And uh, also the reporter side of me says, how does it work? Sure. But, uh, before, but before we get into that, uh, is there an education process 
that is ongoing, and Katie, this is probably uh, for you, to let people know that this is a new and viable option, a green option to complete the cycle of life? Yes. Um, and that, I think, is the biggest thing we've heard from people is frustration that they didn't know. Their, their loved one died six months ago, and they, oh, I wish I'd known about this. Um, so our continual effort is to get our process and our funeral home in front of as many people as we can um, so that they don't get disappointed and that they do know that this is an option. Um, and I've noticed that people take comfort in knowing that this is an option for them or their loved one in the future. As you say that, uh, I know that everyone wants to wants to know about the respect and dignity that you bring to this process. Talk about that a little bit. That's uh, number one for us. Um, it's very important that we remember that everyone who comes into our care is someone's someone. Uh, and, and they had a life and they gave to the world. And we have a little ceremony that the staff kind of participate in when someone is placed into their vessel we have a gong and the gong is named Luna um, and we hit that gong and we say that person's name and we wish them well on their journey and we thank them for everything that they gave to this earth while they were here and that is our attempt to let everyone know in the building that someone is beginning their journey and also to remind us all to remember that this person is someone's someone when that journey is completed 60 days after the process begins, what do you then give to the family or do you give something to the family? Yeah. So there is roughly 500 pounds of soil at the end uh, and the family are welcome to take as little or as much of that as they wish. Um, what they don't take, we have eight acres of Greenbelt land about 10 miles away from our facility that was, um, it needed to be cleared out. It had some even abandoned vehicles on the property. And so we kind of cleaned it out and now it needs to be revitalized. And so people are uh, able to donate their soil to that area so that they can uh, become part of the local flora. Have you had folks who have taken the soil home or wherever they would like to take it, who send you photos or anything as this is what is now being used uh, that was at one point my ex or whomever it might be, not, not ex as an ex spouse, <laughs> but ex as in uh, not using a name there, but just someone. Do they send you photos and things like that? Yes. So we have returned um, some people home now that they have shared with us uh, exactly where they've placed them or they've shared that they have handed out small bags at some kind of celebration that they've had so that this person can travel with people or, you know, live on in other people's homes and hearts. Um, we've had a family who planted a tree in the local arboretum here and there's there's a plaque and, and some of that person's soil there. So people are coming up with all kinds of ways to kind of commemorate their person with the soil that is returned to them. What, when we say soil, uh, give me an idea what the soil is like. It's compost. <laughs> um, it's a soil amendment and it has to be used as such. It is incredibly nutrient dense. 
Um, so it's a soil amendment, but it looks like a very fine kind of beauty bark. Um, it's very kind of uniform in size, um, but it looks like any other um, dirt that you've seen. It's it's nothing surprising. And not uh, in any way uh, polluting or anything like that, because obviously that would be counterproductive to what you're trying to do. Absolutely. So everyone uh, before they leave our facility is tested uh, for heavy metals, heavy metals, pharmaceuticals, uh, and fecal coliforms. So we know exactly what we're giving back to the family and that it is clean and good for the earth. This process then uh, could work for anyone, uh, no matter what their uh, demise. The only um, cause of death that we cannot work with is prion diseases. So things like Kruzevelt-Jakob's disease, um, they, those people have to be cremated. Um, but other than that, yes, anyone. Um, what are some of the questions that uh, you get, Katie, when people are first inquiring? Um, usually, how much do we get back? That's the big question. Um, people need to understand that when they're placed in their vessel, they're placed with a organic mixture of straw, alfalfa, and sawdust. And that is about a three to one ratio of organics to body weight. Um, so that's where the bulk of the material comes from. Uh, that's the biggest question. The next question is usually, can I come and see my person? And the answer is yes, in multiple ways. Yes, you can be here for the laying in process. So yes, you can physically see them. And then I kind of think of our um, vessel area as a temporary mausoleum. Uh, so yes, you can come and visit your person as they go through the process. Uh, we have a family who comes and sits with their son every day. We have a gentleman who brings two cups of coffee on a Tuesday, one for him, one for his wife. Um, so that's uh, another question that we get a lot of. Katie, you've done a great job of walking us through uh, some of the, the process and procedure with the families. Uh, when we were talking earlier, you said that sometimes the families like to make a ritual out of bringing something in to accompany their loved one on the final journey in the cycle of life. Uh, without going into too many details, are there any unusual things that people have brought in and wanted to pass on with their loved one? I think my favorites have been uh, champagne they poured from the bottle um, and a Starbucks pumpkin muffin was a great one. Um, there was also some awful smelling huckleberry vodka at one point. Um, it's been all over the place. Letters, photos, flowers, um, candies, all kinds of things. It's been great. You know, as, as you're saying back for our audience, uh, you've got a big smile on your face because what that says to me is that people really are trusting and they are not just trusting, but they're really putting some of their their life themselves into what their loved one is taking to the next level. Yes. Uh, in, in my previous funeral life, it was people would approach the casket to put something in it with trepidation, almost like they really didn't want to do it. And people here are like gathering around the vessel and just clamoring kind of to, to put their thing in with their person. So it's it's been a wonderful experience. Well, I'm keeping a close watch on the time because we try to keep these around 15 to 20 minutes so that that's the, the, the best time for people to listen, especially if they're in the car and they're commuting. Um, but 
I do have to ask, will you come back, Katie, Micah, would you come back for another episode? Absolutely. Absolutely, we'd be delighted to. All right. Well, at that, I am going to say in our next episode, we're going to go into some of the the technicalities and a little bit of the science behind it, uh, because I think that's important for people to know that this is a, a process, a legitimate process that does not take away from the dignity and the respect. So we look forward to having you back at uh, in the very, very near future. And as a way of saying thank you, uh, I will schedule that as soon as possible. So I'm Sam Yates, your gray-haired host for the Great American Senior Show, and that's how this program ends. <laughs>